Well, as Meg mentioned earlier, last weekend we launched into a brand new message series here at the chapel called Undaunted, the Courageous Pursuit of God. And last weekend, Pastor Eric introduced us to this wee little man named Zacchaeus, and we discovered his pursuit of a whole new life and how Jesus radically changed Zacchaeus' life. And this weekend, we look at another character, a little bit more obscure, and found in the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts directly follows the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and really is a continuation of Jesus' ministry through the apostles and the disciples and followers of Christ. The book of Acts is a record of the birth of the early church and the spread of the good news about Jesus and the spread of Christianity from from Jerusalem to Rome. And the character that we're looking at this weekend is found in Acts chapter 9. If you want to turn there in a Bible or jump on your smartphone or we'll put some verses up on the screen for you as well. Now, Acts chapter 9 includes uh, a few different characters. Uh, There we'll find the story of the Apostle Paul, previously named Saul, uh, a man that had gone against Christians, even had Christians persecuted and yet had an encounter with Jesus and his life was dramatically changed. We also find a little bit of the journey of the Apostle Peter, who was going from town to town and preaching and teaching and even healing, doing miraculous deeds under the power of God. And that brings us to Acts chapter 9, verse 36, and introduces us a new character. Let's look at her name. It says, there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. Now, probably uh, Dorcas was a Greek herself, a Gentile who had come to faith in Christ. And I know some of us are thinking, wow, Dorcas, cards are kind of stacked against you from the beginning with your name. Like, what what, what was that a parent's name, their child, Dorcas? And yet, to, to think that way is to misunderstand or perhaps just to miss the real rich meaning behind the name. The, the word Dorcas in Greek was used to refer to a young fawn or a gazelle, which was a highly esteemed animal. In fact, one Bible commentator says that the gazelle is distinguished for its slender and beautiful form, its graceful movements, and its soft but brilliant eyes. It is frequently introduced by the Hebrews and other Oriental nations as an image of female loveliness. Bet you didn't know that about the name Dorcas, did you? And the name was often employed as a proper name in the case of females. I didn't know that. I just heard the name and thought, man, I feel sorry for the gal. (laughs) And while we don't know exactly if Dorcas was truly beautiful in appearance, what we learn next in uh, the gospel or the the book of of Acts here, Luke's writing, is that she was beautiful. She was beautiful in deeds and in works. Look at what verse 36 goes on to say. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. This is what stood out about Dorcas. It was the way that she cared for each other. It was all the kind gestures, the generosity of her heart towards others, even the poor who were often forgotten. 
uh, one Bible translation says she was full of good works or good deeds. I love how one commentator put it. They said, when Luke says that Dorcas was full of good works, he meant the word full to refer primarily to her inward grace, which prompted the outward deeds. You see, for Dorcas, her care for the poor and her service to others came from a place inwardly of being touched by God's grace. And as she was being changed on the inside, it was affecting how she lived on the outside as well. And because Jesus had served her in such a powerful way, her life was becoming about serving others. And it says in the text that she was always doing kind things for others. Always. This wasn't just like a a one-time deal or, hey, every once in a while I need to get my good deed in for the month. It it wasn't a falsely motivated uh, sense of good works that somehow um, said, you know, hey, if I do this, you know, I'm going to earn a few brownie points with God or I do this, I'm going to get in good with the wife. Or It wasn't just a a haphazard or once-in-a-while way of serving It was a lifestyle of serving. It says she always was doing this. It was part of who she was. I would put it this way. She lived to serve. She lived to serve. Now, probably, as I say that, you you might think of people in your life, people that you'd say, gosh, she is a servant. Man, he he just always puts others first. And, and that may be very true. There's also people that they find their worth. You see, you can't, there's a difference between living to serve and serving to live. Some people feel just compelled to serve because they're looking for some sense of worth or value. And that's a dangerous place to be in if we're just serving others to earn something or to make us feel better about ourselves. You see, Dorcas, I think, was... Serving out of a place of deep soul satisfaction, of, of being close to Jesus and knowing that he loved her no matter what, and then it was out of that. You see, it says live to serve. Like, there has to be a life in there that then is spent on serving other people. It's not serving other people to find a life. Even Jesus, the, the ultimate servant, there were times where he turned people away, where He said no to serving opportunities. Why? Because he knew that he needed to go and be alone with God, to pray, to be refueled so that he could serve with a full life. And that's so important for all of us. If we take a step of serving, it begins with our relationship with Jesus first so that we have what we really need to be able to offer to others. She lived to serve. That's Dorcas. And she lived to serve until she could no longer do so anymore. This is where the story in Acts takes uh, a, a concerning change. Look at it with me. It says, about this time, Dorcas became ill and she died. The one that lived to serve was now lifeless and Dorcas is dead and it says her body was being washed for burial and it was laid 
in an upstairs room. This woman that evidently had made great impact, enough so to be written about in the book of Luke, is now gone, and people are overwhelmed. The believers, probably in the, in the church that was there in Joppa, were, were just hurting and worried and missed her. And as daunting as death might be, they were undaunted in their faith because of what happens next. It says, but the believers, they had heard that Peter was nearby in Lydda, so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. Now, why did they do that? Peter was a leader in the early church, and remember earlier I said that in the book of Acts we read about Peter's preaching and teaching, and yes, healing, doing miraculous deeds. In fact, it says that he was in a nearby town called Lydda. And in Lydda, we learn that Peter healed a man named Aeneas who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. And a miracle happens and probably word was spreading throughout the region. And the believers in Joppa now, they're faced with the death of Dorcas. And they say, go get Peter. He's close by. Maybe God will do another miracle. And that's where we continue the story. Acts chapter 9, verse uh, 39. So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes that Dorcas had made for them. So we need to pause the story again for a moment because here we get a picture of the way that Dorcas spent her life serving. She wasn't known for uh, greeting at the doors of the Joppa Christian Church. Her way of service, though, is so important, wasn't making coffee ahead to serve to everybody or working in the kids' ministry or singing on the worship team, all Incredibly important ministries, places where people can use their gifts and serve others. But what was Dorcas's way of serving? She simply served by sewing. And here the room where her body lay is filled with widows. Widows that are crying. And it says that they were showing Peter the clothing the coats that she had made for them, saying, Peter, look, she made this. Peter, look at what she gave me. Do something, Peter. It, it says that Dorcas, she took whatever ability she had, and because, as one writer put it, behind her sewing of garments was a saved soul. Because her soul had been touched by God's goodness and grace, it propelled her to use whatever gift she had. She lived to serve, and ultimately she used her abilities for the sake of others. That's when we discover the adventure of serving. It's when we figure out, how has God uniquely gifted me and you? What abilities has he put in us? What's in your hand, so to speak? For, for Dorcas, it was a needle and thread, but what is it in your hand? And we use our ability for the sake of others. And for her, it was just sewing. And when, when widows who were often destitute and impoverished and forgotten, they weren't forgotten by Dorcas. 
And here we see a little bit of her impact living on. Actually, some of her impact lives on in a, a small group of ladies that meet regularly at our Norwalk campus. They're called the Chapel Close-Knit Group. It was one dream of a lady that just loved to sew and knit and crochet to just get some other ladies together with some sense of Christian community where they would sit together and sew together and just pray for each other and encourage each other. And then they took it a step further and said, well, let's not just sew and create and crochet and make things for ourselves. Let's make something for others. And this group, the, the Chapel Close-Knit group, they, they make uh, little red scarves and they've partnered with an organization called Fostering for Success. And for foster kids that have aged out of the foster care system on Valentine's Day when they're off at college, they get a little package in the mail on Valentine's Day when everybody else is feeling loved and they might be feeling lonely. And it includes this beautiful red scarf made by some of our own ladies. What a cool thing. This group cares for the people that are oftentimes forgotten. They make, they make uh, Afghans and blankets. They call them prayer blankets. And, and the group will actually take time and pray over a blanket. And then when somebody goes into the nursing home, They'll send it with them. Somebody that's going to be alone. Someone that often may be forgotten. But they'll be warmed by a, a blanket that represents so much more than just a physical object, but a heart of care and prayer. Even amidst this COVID pandemic, I asked the leader of the group, I mean, what are you guys, have you guys still been meeting or what are you doing? And here's what she said. She said, some of us are still making hats and scarves and I'll be collecting them and looking for a place to donate them like the Salvation Army or Victory Kitchen. People that are in need. Serving by sewing. Making a difference. What's in your hand? What is your ability? Because this is where the adventure begins. I don't know about you, but I need some sense of adventure in my life and many times that will be discovered when we employ our gifts and abilities for the sake of others. Uh, maybe for somebody it's just cooking or baking. And that could be used to serve others. Maybe you get involved in our meal team at the chapel and when somebody's sick or has been in the hospital, you can make meals. Or serve on our hospitality team, creating food for special events like our foundation class that's coming up. Or maybe you're a guy and you're like, Listen, I'm never going to lead a Bible study or I don't want to work with those kids, you know, but, but you're handy and, and, and you like to build things or fix things. And I just talked to a, a widow this morning who, who could use some help with a few things around her house. And you could be that person that serves somebody that is alone and forgotten. Or you could get involved in a, a ministry that we partner with called ACT, Answering the Call Together. They do local, uh, local service projects. Next weekend, they're building a ramp for somebody so they can get in and out of their house easier with a wheelchair. Just using our gifts. Maybe you've got a heart for prayer. I talked to one sweet woman that's now at a nursing care uh, facility, assisted living, and she just begged me, Todd, how can I pray? Who can I pray for? She finds, she finds a sense of joy in lifting other people up, even when she's lonely and struggling herself. 
the adventure of serving. Or maybe, maybe you're good with computers and you, you like being more behind the scenes. And Saturday nights, we've started live streaming our services uh, on Facebook and YouTube. And there, we need a whole team of people to pull that off. And maybe that's a place for you to get connected, use your ability, but use it for the sake of others. Or maybe, like me, you were touched as a high school student. Like, you, you, you met Jesus. Somebody invested in your life, and you just want to make an impact in the life of a student. I, this morning, I saw quite a few high schoolers. We've got some in the room with us right now. I am so pumped about what's happening uh, in our high school ministry. Right now, we are totally re-envisioning what high school ministry is going to look like at the chapel. And we're going to need many, many people to serve, both as volunteers or host homes, because we want to help students connect in smaller groups all over our communities in Norwalk, Port Clinton, and here in Sandusky. And then once a month, and the first one happens at the end of this month on October 25th, we're calling it Last Sunday. And the last Sunday of every month will be this big gathering where students from all three of our campuses come together and worship and are challenged in God's Word, and then launched out into groups throughout the rest of the month. And you could be a part of that. When when you leave today, you're going to get a card that says, Live to Serve. And it's going to list some of the things that I've just mentioned. And if you're ready to take a step, you're not already engaged in a ministry, or maybe you're ready to try something new or take on a new, a, a new challenge, or maybe you've never really gotten involved in any way. You've, you've been coming to the chapel for years. I'm telling you, you're missing out on the adventure of serving. And you can take that card and you can check something off that you're interested in or want to find more about. Or if there's nothing listed there, you can just write other. And we'll have somebody reach back out to you and we'll help you find a, pl- a spot to serve. Drop it in the giving box or take it home and pray about it and bring it back next week. Or if you want, you can... The instructions are on the card. You can just text the word serve uh, to our chapel text and number. And you'll be able to go through the prompts and find a place to maybe connect and take your step. That you too would be like Dorcas and learn to live to serve. Now in our story, remember, Dorcas, this one that truly was modeling this who lived to serve, was now laying lifeless in this upstairs room, her body being prepared for burial, widows filling the room, weeping over her, and Peter steps into the space. And it says in Acts chapter 9, verse 40 to 41, but Peter asked them all to leave the room. And then he knelt and he prayed. And he asked God, he asked God for a miracle. Not knowing what the outcome would be, but undaunted in his faith to see God move again. And it says, after he prayed, turning to the body, he said, get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, it says, She sat up, and then he called in all the widows. Could you imagine the scene? All these widows that were at one point weeping over her were now worshiping Jesus because a miracle had happened, and God had used Peter to raise her from the dead. And 
it says he presented her to them alive. Now, I read this, and I'm like, are you sure? Like, is this real? Is this just a fable? Like, this is, this is dumbfounding to me. This is, we don't see this happening. And then I'm reminded that the book of Acts was written by Luke. Luke, who was a medical doctor and who recorded this for us to read today so that the life of Dorcas could impact our lives. And ultimately, this Dorcas, what a woman, what an influence, what an impact. She, she lived to serve. She used her abilities for the sake of others. And ultimately, she lived to serve another day. Peter resurrected her life. And the story says that the news spread through the whole town and many more believed in the Lord. And Dorcas's life impacted more and more people. A woman that just simply took what was in her hand and sewed some clothes and generously gave to people that were often forgotten and disregarded. Our girls, Lainey and Gracie, they're off away at college right now, and they cheer together on their college cheer team. It's a Christian university, and last, uh, this past week they were to do a service project together as a team. The, the university found out about a woman, single, uh, struggling, uh, that needed help, and she was needed help getting things moved out of a storage unit and finally getting to have a little place of her own. And so the college cheer team got together and they went over and they were serving this lady and it was a good thing, it was a, it was a good deed. But I was sitting on the couch and listening to Lisa talk to Lainey and she was on speakerphone and so I could hear the whole conversation. And I'll, I'll admit, I was so proud <laughs> Because I heard in Lainey's voice the excitement and the thrill of serving. She said, Mom, she said, while we were moving her in, uh, nobody was really paying attention to her. And so I went over and talked to her for a few moments. And then later in the night, she went over and she talked to her again. And by the end of the night, this lady she said to Lainey, she said, I just, I just wish I could repay you. You guys have done so much. And Lainey, she said, no, 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 you don't understand. This is why we're here, to serve you. And the lady said, well, well maybe, maybe you could come back again. And Lainey said, you know what? I might take you up on that. And this, this woman, Lainey said, she just beamed. Because what she needed more than just her stuff moved was somebody to care, somebody to talk to, somebody that wouldn't forget a person that was lonely. And they talked for a few more moments, and somehow they Lainey found out that this woman loved chai tea. And Lainey said, well, there's this awesome place that has the best chai tea. And the lady said, well, maybe we could go. And it was, 
I was just sitting here listening to this conversation, and I could hear the excitement and the anticipation. And when I heard her say, Mom, I'm going to go. I think I'm going to take this lady, and we're going to go get tea together. A simple thing. But a simple act of service. And if we're missing a sense of excitement and anticipation and joy, and we want to step into an adventure, it begins with following Jesus' ultimate example of serving us by stretching ourselves and serving someone else. Living to serve. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for the incredible example of Jesus. Thank you for the incredible example of Dorcas. What a woman of impact. What a servant. Thank you for her story. And Lord, I thank you for Lainey, who was willing to give somebody some extra attention. God, this week, you will, you will put opportunities before us if we keep our eyes open. And in the grind of work and COVID, you will provide an opportunity for adventure. Help us, Jesus, to step forward and move with you. Take a risk and serve another person. We love you and we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys as you go. Our greeting team, they'll come and dismiss you row by row. Grab a Live to Serve card as you leave today.